0: Before I begin at all, I do need to offer a bit of a content warning this morning. This week, being what it was in our Manitoba context, I'm going to be talking about the news that came out regarding missing and murdered Indigenous women, a subject that can be distressing for many. Please be aware as we continue. I'm grateful to be here with you this morning. For those of you who aren't familiar with me, I'm currently on maternity leave for my role as youth and young adults pastor here leaving it all in the incredibly capable hands of Jesse, who spoke about lament last week. While I'm enjoying my time at home with our youngest son, Darcy, and I'm not rushing back quite yet, I'm so thankful to be able to step into this spot for this morning as we continue in our Advent theme. When I was asked about why I was speaking, my response was, I just can't resist an Advent sermon. This morning, we're exploring love, which should come as no surprise, both because it's Advent but also because wherever the gospel have preached, is preached, it is love that we are exploring. There are a lot of things that this world can try to tell us about love, what love is. Music has a lot to say about it, for instance. Ken and Laurel, in reflecting on the musical tastes uh, of the bus, will be familiar with love is an open door. Thank you, Disney's Frozen. Love is all you need, the Beatles. Love is a good thing, Cheryl Crow. Love is here, today, and gone tomorrow, the temptations. Love is noise and love is pain, the verve. And so it goes, essentially explaining bits and pieces of a person's experience of love, and often, more specifically, the loss of or longing for love, in order to explore that particular aspect for the sake of poetry or for entertainment. But scripture invites us to a definition of love that goes beyond ourselves and beyond our experience of the world around us and into one that is rooted in the very being of who God is. And from that rooted place, we are then invited to turn it around, draw it into our own lives, but always beginning with God. Today's text came from 1 Corinthians 13, a chapter that is usually well known for its defining of love. Verse 4 to the beginning of verse 8 are the most commonly cited, which is the section that tells us what love is. Love is patient, kind, etc. But as you will have heard me say about most passages, we do ourselves a great disservice if we ignore the parts that come before this section and after this section. The progression of this passage is so incredibly intentional in how it is communicated, all with the purpose of driving home the unmistakable and unparalleled importance of understanding what love really is. Allow me to briefly guide us through. The passage begins with Paul making shocking, big statements. He talks about powerful signs and wonders, speaking in tongues, prophesying, understanding great mysteries and knowledge, having incredible faith or generosity or sacrificing greatly, things we would consider great and godly acts, things that some of us have never seen or may never see. But then, after every single one of those examples, he says, but if I do not have love, it means nothing. Nothing. Can you imagine moving a mountain with your faith? It's wild and seems impossible. But even if it were to happen, he is saying that if there was no love, it is rendered meaningless. You can do any of these things, but none of them matter if they are not done with love. This is a very purposefully large introduction Many people of faith have the desire to be able to do these great things, to prophesy, to speak in tongues. But Paul reveals that love is the key to these acts of faith, having any merit or purpose. And this sets him up to move on to actually defining love. He says this first, and then he moves on to the definition of love. He makes the reader hunger for the definition, because without it, we can't possibly fully understand how these acts of faith can be rendered meaningless. It's kind of a hook. And now that he has us, he moves on to that clarifying definition. Love is patient and kind, not envious or boastful or arrogant, not selfish or irritable. It doesn't keep a list of wrongs. It rejoices in the truth, bearing, believing, hoping, and enduring all things. And it is unending. That is love. But Paul isn't done after this definition. No. Like a good communicator, he circles back around to his strong opening to double down on his point on how important love is. Paul brings these amazing things up again at the end of the chapter to re-emphasize what he has already said. That prophecies will stop Tongues will be stilled, knowledge will pass, but faith, hope, and love will remain, and the greatest of these is love. The message is so very clear here. Love is the most essential thing in the world. When asked what the most important commandments were, Jesus stated that it was to love our God and to love our neighbor as ourself. He went on to explain that All of the laws and the prophets hang on these two commands. Everything God has ever asked of us hangs on the commands to love. Like I said before, love always begins with God. Love is the key to everything in our faith, and therefore is the key to all of God's merciful work and healing in our world. When I read through the passage for today and considered what to say, I couldn't help but think that our world needs this kind of love more than ever before. This week has been a heavy one. One that made me feel immense gratitude for Jesse's timely reflection on lament last week. Because there has been so much to lament. The anniversary of the Polytechnic Massacre and the day of remembrance of violence against women was December 6th. And that lined up with the story of four indigenous women whose lives have been lost to an alleged serial killer. Rebecca Contois, Mercedes Moran, Morgan Beatrice Harris, and one unidentified woman who elders have named Buffalo Woman, all made in the divine image of their creator, swept into the tide that is murdered and missing indigenous women in our country. The tide. We need God's love here. There are wars. There are famines and floods. We need God's love here. There are illnesses, mental health struggles, addictions, and pain. We need God's love here. There are people who simply because their race or identity are at a greater risk of dying by suicide than their peers. We need God's love here. It is too much. There is grief aplenty and Lord, we need your love here. We need it. But I realized that I had to challenge my own thought that we needed it more Than ever before. The more I reflected on that particular thought, the more I realized that God's love has been needed desperately since the day that sin entered the world. There was cruelty and slavery. God's love was needed. There was exile and conflict. God's love was needed. There was famine and flood. God's love was needed. Sin in our world casts a shadowy darkness over our daily life. And in that darkness, God's love is needed. At Advent, we sit in anticipation because God's love is needed. Jesus was called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And if God is love, Emmanuel also then means love with us. Sorry. Love with us. Jesus brought love to be with us, embodied it. God's love that gives meaning to prophecies, tongues, and faith that will move mountains, a love which has been at work long before us and will continue on long after us, meets us in the infant Jesus, born in the darkness of brokenness and sin to bring light into our world to bring the light of love into our world. John 1:5 says the light shines in the darkness and the darkness will not overcome it. The light of God's love isn't a superficial light that ignores the darkness. It is a powerful and unwavering light that pierces the dark. So much so that the darkness has not overcome it. This is who jesus was this is the love of god brought to our world in order to save it and the work of saving that jesus ushered in continues to this day one of the most beautiful things about god is that he does not require us to act in order to accomplish his work on earth but he invites us to he honors us with the invitation to participate in his beautiful work on earth, drawing people further into the love and light of Jesus. To imitate Jesus in this way is to take the love that he embodied and to embody it ourselves, to give a loving purpose to all that we do, like 1 Corinthians 13 reveals. In doing that, we take the love of God and allow God to form it into tangible acts that become beacons of light in this world because the world is dark the world is broken and we continue to wait for God's kingdom the kingdom of love to come in fullness but while we wait we face the dark we offer light we act we respond we love How fitting to hear Ken and Laurel's story of literally bringing light into darkness. At Advent, we meet the darkness of the world with the light of the candles that symbolize the hope of Christ. Often when we talk about darkness during Advent, um, the darkness kind of feels abstract and large scale to me. But this week, it feels specific, and it feels close. It feels like four sisters whose lives were ended too soon. And as I said before, the light of God's love does not ignore the darkness, but pierces it. So this morning, we're going to do the same. As we wait, let us face the darkness of this reality, not just move past it at one mention, And from the candles of Advent, offer the light of another candle that extends our prayers to God into this dark place. I invite you into a silent space as together we, the church, lift our prayers to God, and read the names of each woman, which will be on the screen, to ourselves as we do so. Because we need God's love here. Let us pause for a moment and pray. God of light and God of love, you have made every one of us in your image. And the image does not belong among the refuse of our discarded items, but in the honored place that you bestowed it in your making of it. God, we may not have answers, but we pray that your light would enter as families wait for closure and for healing and for comfort and pray that your light would shine in that place and that you would guide our footsteps into a world that becomes safer for indigenous women to walk among it, more beautiful for the people around us to experience and have your love be more visible to everyone who is in need. Amen. At Advent... The light comes and shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. And in the midst of darkness, that is good news indeed. Today we give thanks for the love of God, revealed in the person of Jesus, and gifted to us through the Spirit to go and face the dark and be a light. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Fort Gary MB Church. We hope that what you heard challenged you to think in new ways about Jesus Christ and the life that we are called to through his death and resurrection. If you have any questions about who we are as a church, our mission, or have any other questions in general, please do not hesitate to contact our office email at info at fgmb.ca. Be blessed.